are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on the iOS App Store and find one of the Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Friday. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia. Glad to have you back. And yeah, you know, the season's over. You know, the dust is starting to settle down already. You know, uh, it is what it is. Spurs are done. Uh, no playoffs for the second consecutive time. First time in franchise history. So these are definitely uncharted waters. But one thing that's not uncharted of late is that the Spurs having relatively high draft picks. Spurs, Devin Vassell, number 11. You had Lucas Samaras, 19. Kelton Johnson, 29. Derek White, Jonathan Murray, the list goes on and on. This is becoming more frequent now as these Spurs tend to, uh, well, they're on their rebuild mode uh, in full throttle moving forward. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be talking about the upcoming draft, where the Spurs are likely to land. What do the mocks have to say about the Spurs and the players that uh, they could pinpoint? And then we're going to be talking about Yaka Pertl, DeMar DeRozan, much later on the show. To help me do all that and more is a guy that certainly loves this time of year, uh, the offseason and the draft. As a matter of fact, he would even uh, tweet me saying, how crazy he is looking at Eastern Conference teams to see how it impacts the Spurs draft positioning. You know him, you love him. He is Michael Jimenez, co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill on ESPN San Antonio, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. He is a 2019 Rock the Mic champ and frequent guest here on Lockdown Spurs. Follow him on Twitter at 210FantasyGod. Michael, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And this is your time to shine, man. You love that draft, this the, the whole draft positioning, everything. Yeah, the season may be over for the Spurs, but the fun begins when it comes to talking about the draft. I mean, we're only a month away from the actual lottery itself, and then just two months away from knowing who the next Spur first-round draft pick is going to be. So, yeah, I mean, the season might just be over, but it's still it's still Spurs season in my eyes. It, it definitely is, and you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. The, the draft is right around the corner of the lottery, and then the draft itself. It's going to be a fast off season, a busy off season as the Spurs figure out what to do with their veterans. That'll be a whole other show on Lockdown Spurs, what to do, uh, maybe flipping guys, maybe, we don't know, maybe Michael has an idea on that. But Mike, let's go ahead and uh, dive right into this. Uh, first of all, the, I guess Spurs fans are wondering, you know, where could the Spurs land in this upcoming draft? I, I think the last time you were on, you said somewhere between uh, 11 and 15. Has that changed? W what has been going on since we last spoke? Well, there's what's likely and what's theoretical. I mean, I mean, technically, the Spurs could drop to, you know, 13 or 14 in the draft. Uh, but what's likely is the 11 or 12 spot. Uh, what's going on? Uh, the Spurs ended the season tied with the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So next week, there's actually going to be a literal coin flip to determine who's going to be the 11 pick and who's going to be the 12 pick. But mm -hmm. what's crazy about it is that no matter who is 11 or 12, they're going to split the lottery odds. And right now, the odds are basically 8.5% chance of the Spurs landing in the top four mm -hmm. and just under 2% for getting the overall number one pick. And for those of you who play poker, you know, 8.5% chance of getting the top four is kind of like completing your inside straight draw. And that 2% yeah. is almost like picking, you know, guessing the next card out of the deck. You know, wow. uh, there's, yeah. and... and so 
the Spurs most likely will be either 11 or 12, but, you know, weird things yeah. have happened. Maybe the uh, basketball gods can smile on the uh, Spurs during that coin flip day. But, yeah, you know, 11 and 12 is still not a bad position. 11 would be great, but, of course, 12, you know, either way, you know, the Spurs, at least in recent history, have done well with that pick. You know, Devin Vassell, the most recent. You know, know, a lot of the mocks have the Spurs uh, picking this guy and that guy. What, what, What are names that are out there that the mocks have pegged for San Antonio at 11 or 12? The three most common names are Josh Giddy, uh, Moses Moody, and Alperin Singun. Uh, so those are going to be names where you've probably recognized just one of them. That one probably being Moses Moody. Uh, Moses Moody, uh, for, for those of you who uh, don't follow a lot of college basketball, uh, he was all SEC. He played one year over at Arkansas. Took him to the Elite Eight. They lost to the eventual champion, Baylor Bears. Uh, the guy's a six-six shooting guard. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you might look at that and go, shooting guard, don't we have that? You know, don't we have Derek White? Don't right. we have Lonnie Walker? Uh, but sometimes you take a look at certain players, and if they're better, they're better. You know, I'm, I'm not opposed to the Spurs going after a guard. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I look at this roster, I think that there's only three spots, or actually two spots, that are solidified. I think the Spurs aren't going to do anything with DeJounte Murray. And also with Kelton Johnson, so the those two areas there, I don't think are 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 kind of untouchable. But everybody else is fair game. I mean, if you have a player in the draft who has a better potential, better ceiling than Derek White, you have to take that player. And the same thing for uh, a center. You know, if there's somebody who's better than Jakob Pertl, you have to take that player. Uh, but Moses Moody is uh, someone who is pretty intriguing. Uh, if you take a look at that uh, Tankathon. Uh, which is one of mm-hmm. my favorite sites because right. it gives you the mathematical odds of things. Uh, they think the Spurs are going to go after Moody. Uh, but CBS Sports and Bleacher Report are all <laughs> over the Spurs going after someone named Josh Giddy. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Are you familiar, Jeff? With, with no. Uh, no. Highlights and... no uh, tell us exactly what uh, the Spurs could get by getting Giddy. Okay, well, these three players, it's interesting because I have fallen in love with all three. And a couple of years ago, I fell in love with Keldon Johnson. And when the Spurs passed him up the first time to get Luka Samanich, I was pissed off. <laughs> and then to see him fall 10 spots yeah. further down and be available uh, for the Spurs to get with their second first-round draft pick was amazing. Uh, but I take a look at Josh Giddy, and I get really excited seeing what he does because he's an intriguing player because – it's kind of hard to peg him into, like, what is he doing? Like, mm-hmm. how do you guard him? What position does he play? And he's perfect for that positional, positionless basketball. He's a 6'8", small forward, okay? But he's mm-hmm. kind of a point forward because he likes having the ball in his hands. He likes bringing the ball up the court. Uh, I'm, you know, very much LeBron-ish, but I'm not going to say that he's like LeBron or LeBron okay. size or anything like that or skill set, but the, the, the same mannerisms of I, I'm a small forward, but I like to bring the ball up the court. Okay. Right. Three of his last six games, he aver- he got a triple double. So wow. he likes to shoot. He mm-hmm. likes to pass. He likes to rebound. And what I like about him uh, is that he's only 18 years old and, you know, hmm. he's done well. He's, he's been to the United States. 
you know, uh, you know, playing with in, in all of these uh, tournaments and whatnot, where they bring all these recruits from all over the country. And he was an all star in, in uh, Games Without Borders. And he's done a very, mm-hmm. very good job out there. Uh, but he averaged this past season, his first season uh, as a pro in the Australian League, uh, 11 points, seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists. Wow. I mean, yeah, the guy, the guy is interesting player because you watch him play and it looks unorthodox. Mm hmm. Uh, because you don't see very many players who can do that and have that type of skill set. But uh, I've really enjoyed watching his highlights and his games. And then the last name that the Spurs seem to be linked to uh, is Alperen Sengun, uh, mm-hmm. who plays for the top-level league out in Turkey. He just got named the MVP over there. And you know, you take a look at it, and this guy is basically being declared as the potential successor, the the new, the 2.0 version, I guess you can say, of Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic. Wow. And he is a center. He's 6'10", 240. Uh, he's been playing pro ball since 2018, but he's now in the top league now. Averaged 19 points, 9.5 rebounds, and 2 blocks. Again, was the MVP. When you watch Sengun play, by the way, mm-hmm. go on the uh, online, uh, go on YouTube, look at his highlights. He looks like he wants to rip the rim off the backboard. And one of the things that I hate when I watch the Spurs games, as much as I love watching Jakob Portal play uh, defensively, but offensively, uh, we see Jakob kind of just toss up layups. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, you're seven foot tall, man. <laughs> Dunk the ball. Yeah, yeah. Sean Elliott gets on, it gets on Portal a lot for that, uh, not finishing the, at the rim. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Just go to their website right now, check it out, and the Theragun app learns your behaviors and suggests guided routines. That's right, Theragun has it all. What more can you want? It's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, and athletes such as Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $190. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Sengun looks like he's going to chip the rim every time he's up there. Like, he's, he just demolishes the rim. And it's very reminiscent. Again, I hate saying that Giddy reminds me a little bit of LeBron because, again, LeBron is an all-time great, and it, that's not right. it. But I'm just talking about the mannerisms. The same thing with, with Sengun. Uh, he attacks the rim like Keldon Johnson. And um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot to be said about these players. And I'm... I'm optimistic of the Spurs going after an international player because we've had success with that, man. You know, mm-hmm. with Tony Parker was a professional right. player in France, right? And you had uh, Baru Ginobili as well was a professional player. 
And I think that there's something about these players who, um, you know, who have seen, who have, who have gone from place to place, who have been in a professional league, who have been in big arenas, uh, who, who represent their country. I think that there's a, a certain amount of experience that's there that you can't get playing SEC or Big Ten or Big 12 mm-hmm. basketball. And one last, thing about, oh, one, yeah, last thing about one last thing about Giddy that I think is interesting was that his dad was a professional basketball player in Australia too, and I kind of like that too. It's in the genes. Hopefully it'll translate into the NBA, maybe with the Spurs. We're talking with Michael Jimenez, co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill on ESPN San Antonio. Follow him on Twitter at 210FantasyGod. Michael, you, you, you toss out those names, and, and you mentioned it right now, saying that you wouldn't mind if the Spurs go after another guard. But don't you think depth at the big man spot has to be at the top of the Spurs list if they want to address it via the draft? You know, I know there's free agency, you know, ways that John Collins and Laurie Markman, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, that's for all of the show. But as far as the draft, it seems to me the Spurs might be better off seeking out the next big via the draft because that way they can mold them into what exactly they want to mesh with the young guys. You look at an established player like John Collins or Laurie Markkinen, you know, usually players that come from outside into San Antonio, you know, really don't pan out as great. Uh, look at LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Pau Gasol, uh, Richard Jefferson. But those that are homegrown via draft, you know, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray seem to flourish more. Michael, I ask you, I would think the Spurs in this case would have to draft on need versus best available. Am, am I right or wrong on this? Uh, I don't buy it. I, I really don't because the NBA is interesting in the sense that you need to have the best player there. In the NFL, you draft according to need a lot, right? Because, you know, linebacker gets hurt, you draft a linebacker. Look at the Cowboys, right? Uh, but when it comes to the NBA, the NBA is predicated on who's a star and who isn't. And when you're this close in the draft at number 11, you have to see, is there anybody there that has star potential, regardless of position? And, um, you know, last year was, was, was funny because you had Devin Vassell fall to the Spurs, but Halliburton was still there, who ended up going to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And Halliburton was thought of to be a potential top six pick. Uh, but the Spurs at that point kind of saw that and said, okay, both good players. We do have a need here for uh, a, a three-player, right? Someone who plays small forward. Sure. Um, but I think that in this particular draft, because there's so much talent in there, this is a talent-heavy draft. And I, I would not be opposed to the Spurs trying to trade up into the draft. I would not be opposed to the Spurs offering next year's number one pick and one of our core players in order to get a top five pick would not be opposed to that. Well, if that's because, the case, then of your, you know, I didn't mean to step on you there. My my mistake, yeah. but it just sparked me to. I had to ask, you know, like, okay, fine, you know, you if you're the GM, you toss that out to uh, a team. But what guy you want to target? What what guy would be so worth it to flip one of the young guys to move up into the top five? Depends on the part of the draft that you're looking at. Okay, so Jonathan Kuminga, for example, if you want to get into the the four to six range, he's probably going to be uh, available at four, uh, might not be available past five or six. So that would be someone to target in the top five, and he's done very well uh, in the G League. And, and, 
you know, he is, he's, he's explosive and we know more about him because he's stateside, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking at what's going on, let's say the Spurs get the 12 pick and mm-hmm. there's somebody there like, uh, like Giddy or, or uh, Sangoon is, is, is available and the Spurs feel that they might not get them in the next two picks. And you need to flip a spot to flip up two spots, and maybe maybe you don't give up a first round draft pick, but maybe you give up one of the core players. You kind of have to do that if you think it completes the team. Uh, I think one of the problems with the Spurs is that we, you know, it, it's fun when the Spurs are winning, and we say that it's family, and you see it, you see Tim, Tony, and Manu, and Patty Mills, and all that stuff. Uh, but when you're losing, it has to be about business, and that might mean saying goodbye to a player. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not targeting one player in particular. I'm just saying that in my mind, the two untouchables are DeJounte and Keldon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, if you have to deal with one of them to improve the team, it just is what it is, man. It's business, baby. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. So, so if the Spurs are on the 11 or 12 spot and there's a, a, a Sengun or a Giddy there, Man, I, I would take it all day, every day, and I'd fall in love with it. <laughs> my fear my fear is, is that there's going to be a team that – because all, all it takes is one team to really fall in love with that player and take them at seven or take them at eight, right? Uh, but if the Spurs are going to move up, probably Kuminga. If the Spurs are going to um, stay where they're at uh, or maybe need to move up a couple of spots, uh, some of these guys that they're tied to as far as with the mock drafts, would be a good good way to go. I had a chance to talk to Kaminga uh, earlier in the season, um, back in February, and um, I asked him. I go, look, uh, you know, I know you're you're one of the big names. Um, your name is up there in a lot of the mock drafts. I said, chances are very sl- slim that the Spurs would get you, but if that were to happen, you know, hey, how would you feel about that? And Kaminga said that, yeah, that he likes Greg Popovich that he knows that Pop has a lot of connections internationally. He even mentioned to me that he saw Tony Parker's development under Greg Popovich, and he even said that the fit would be great because he likes being pushed by uh, by coaches, and he named Popovich as being one guy likely to push him. But uh, barring that, you know, moving up in the draft to get a player like Kaminga or the other guys you listed, you know, the Spurs rarely make any aggressive moves drafted. The last one was uh, George Hill for Kawhi Leonard with the Pacers. And it seems to me, though, that m- being aggressive is going to have to be the Spurs' mindset moving forward because that aggressiveness netted them uh, a, a generational player like Kawhi Leonard. For a short time, he was in San Antonio. He was still there. It happened. They got a title, and we all know how it ended. Do you feel the Spurs have to be aggressive in the draft? And will you be disappointed if they're not and they just stand pat once again? BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With the baseball season in full swing, you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and of course, UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website right now, BetOnline.ag, and use your mobile device if you need to to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. 
I don't know if I'd say I'd be disappointed. Um, one of the craziest things about the draft is you you have all these mock drafts, but that's not necessarily the way that it goes. Um, I think the best prognosticators in the NFL, for example, uh, only got seven right in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA is a little bit more stable when it comes to it. Uh, there's very few players that fall. Um, there's very few players that rise up. I mean, there's going to be that one oddball that, that they probably could have gone them at 20, but they're going to be drafted at nine. And there's probably going to be one that falls. But most players kind of stick to where they're slotted. You know, these are the top seven players. This is the next seven. Mm-hmm. This is the next seven. That's kind of how it goes. Um, if the Spurs have targeted somebody and that's who they want to pin their future on and they see star potential in there because that's what the Spurs need. The Spurs need a future star. They don't mm-hmm. need a role player. They don't need a 3 and D guy, okay? They need a future star. And that's why I gravitate more and more as I'm looking at all these highlights and games and whatnot towards the international players because you see star potential there. Do the Spurs need to be aggressive? Well, it depends on how the chips are falling. You know, if the chips are falling where, where you know, uh, only one player that they, were, that they were really targeting is left over, they may need to do that, maybe need to be mm-hmm. aggressive and, and, and pick up the phone at that point. But I don't think they need to necessarily be aggressive to the point where they're doing it pre-draft. I mean, unless they really, really fell in love with somebody and are willing mm-hmm. to throw the farm at somebody, I think this is something where you have to do it kind of the way that they did it with the Pacers when, they, when the Spurs got Kawhi. You right. know, they, 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 they were, we've seen that happen before. You know, we've seen the Spurs move up before. doesn't happen a lot, but they eyed Kawhi Leonard. They targeted him. Mm-hmm. And they said, if he fell to this certain number, we will trade up to get him and get rid of George Hill, who was a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so, yeah. So the Spurs have done that before. And it's not like there's other people in the room. Pop is still there. R.C. Buford is still there. I mean, I know Brian Wright's the GM. But there's but the, the core people from the Spurs title runs are still there in the front office. Mm-hmm. So um, if this if the Spurs see somebody that they think can be the next Kawhi, and they can get them in the at eleven or twelve spot, or maybe need to move up to eight or nine to get them, hey man, uh, I try I trust I trust the Spurs when it comes to how they scout, and if they come up and say, hey, we need to get rid of Lonnie Walker or Derek White or Devin Vassell in order to move up four spots to get this one player because we need this player, mm-hmm. I, would, I would buy into it. I, I, yeah. I, I would have all the faith in the world in it. Yeah. Uh, I think, it, you know, I've said it before on Locked on Spurs, the way the Spurs rose to prominence was getting really lucky, number one draft pick overall, uh, Tim Duncan. Phenomenal scouting, Mono Ginobili, late second rounder, Tony Parker, late first rounder. Or being aggressive, Kawhi Leonard uh, in Pacers Spurs deal, uh, George Hill. I think that's the that's, the Spurs have to go back to that. Look, they're not going to get the number one draft pick overall, so you got to scratch that unless they bottom out next year, which I don't think that'll happen. So that leaves you with moving up, flipping some of the guys, or overpaying in free agency for uh, some talent that is that could be possibly available. Your John Collins and your Lori Markkinen's. Uh, but since you're here talking about the draft, a one name you mentioned right now, and we've, we've heard it before, we saw it, especially during the last game, Jakob Pertl, he got cooked 
by Valanciunas. I mean, yeah. it was pretty bad. It was 23 and 23 by a JV and Pertle with a double double, but 10 points and rebounds. Uh, it seems to me, and I, you know, I've already said it before. I, I think the Spurs need to chase that big, uh, you know, knock on Pertle. He's a good player, you know, really upped his game, but he's not enough. But you suggest a, a name, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and using him as a tool to improve. You know, I know I say they should improve in the middle, upgrading from Jakob to something else via the draft. But you told me pre-show that, no, Jeff, I think the idea is maybe to use DeMar in a different way to get better. What way do you see it happening? Well, it's with the sign and trade. You know, you, you take a look at all these these teams. The Spurs have a lot of salary cap space. But other teams don't necessarily have that. I mean, the Spurs, the Knicks, Oklahoma City Thunder have all the money in the world to spend, right? But if you take a look at some of these players or these teams that might be one player away from being contenders or already contenders and just want to stay up there. And you look at at, uh, Kawhi. Kawhi wanted to go back to L.A. Why? Because he was from California. DeMar DeRozan is from California, right? So him going back to L.A. would make sense. You know, at his age, one more good contract. Why would he not want to go home? We have to kind of Mm -hmm. look at that. Why would he want to stay with the Spurs? Question number one. Question number two is why would he not want to go back home? So, but the Lakers don't have the ability to uh, give him the money that he wants unless they start unloading contracts and people are, are helping them out. Other teams are helping them out. So the only way it's going to happen would be by a sign and trade. So I, I read an article recently, a few weeks back, uh, on ESPN talking about the potential for a sign and trade. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting. But they didn't give any examples as to how that would work. So you know, there I am looking at the Lakers' salary cap situation for for uh, uh, 2021-2022 season, and the only way it would happen is if the Spurs got two, if not all three, of the following players. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma, or Montrell Harrell. So either two of the three or all three. And I don't know if, if, if I would want to have all three, uh, but, you know, Pope at shooting guard wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, Kuzma, we still don't know what we're going to get out of him or any team yeah. will get out of him, right? right? Uh but it's interesting. It's better than getting nothing for DeRozan. It's better than DeRozan going off and just signing with another team, signing with the Knicks, and the Spurs get nothing. So if the Spurs can beef up one of their areas, even if it's by beefing up their backup, their, their, their second string, then the, that really needs to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that you're going to see a DeMar DeRozan get with a really, really good team is through sign and trade. Do you think the Spurs could use that signing trade option in the draft? Do you think that will be a viable thing to move up in the draft? Like, hey, pick teams that are ahead of us. We got this guy. You know, we can work a deal. Give us your pick, and we'll you know work something with you. You think that would be a, a viable option as well? Well, no, I, I think it's too complicated, uh, okay. and I also I also think that you know uh, he is an unrestricted free agent. He can leave wherever he wants to go. Right. You know, so he doesn't have to agree to go to, you know, Oklahoma City if he doesn't want to go. So I don't think that that would necessarily work. Um, you know, that might work for a team like Houston, for example, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Houston's interesting because they have a, you know, a a basically a fifty percent chance. It's like off by a couple of percents, but it's like a fifty percent chance of being in the top four. But they also have right around a fifty percent chance of not even having any first round draft pick. Hmm. And, and that might be um, interesting as well to see if they'd want to play ball so that so they can guarantee themselves a good player to mm-hmm. join them over the off season. You know, Michael, I'm looking at this offseason, and I know you, you're aware of it. I'm aware of it. Um, your colleagues at ESPN, I say they're very aware of it, that this offseason is very crucial, um, very critical for the Spurs franchise moving forward. They're going to have a lot of money to spend. They're going to have a quality draft pick, maybe not top 10, but just right outside again. And they have potentially uh, to not have any veterans on board so, you know, these young guys can get burned, uh, maybe even the new draft pick, whoever that is. How important is this draft that the Spurs get it right? Because if you look at the, you know, a couple of drafts ago, it nearly whiffed. You know, Keldon Johnson fell in their lap. I think they were lucky to get him at 29. Number 19, Samanich, you know, he's a good player. We've seen flashes, but we the jury's still out. Is this one of the bigger drafts for the Spurs in recent history? It really is. I mean, it's a make-or-break offseason for the Spurs in general. We've been talking for the longest time about how they were going to have all this salary cap space. You know, just wait till 2021. We're going to have all this cap space. Get excited. And, okay, it's here. Now do something with it. Mm-hmm. And then as far as a draft is concerned, this is one of the stronger drafts that, that's been out in the last few years. I mean, there are a lot of reports saying that if Anthony Edwards had come out this year, he'd probably be somewhere in the 7 to 10 range, and he was number one last year. Good Lord. So this is a very, very strong draft. The Spurs, even at 11 or 12, are, will be getting a player that would normally be going around six in the draft. My goodness, so, it's that so it's a it's a deep league. And when you take a look at what's going on with, with free agents out there, yeah, the Spurs have a lot of money, but there's not a lot out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it is 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 restricted free agents. Um, DeRozan, you know, the, other, the other team can match. You know, DeRozan yeah. is one of the top. Yeah. You know, but you start looking at these names. You know, Jared Allen. You know, Victor Oladipo, Conley, you know, Mike Conley. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kawhi Leonard. You know, let <laughs> will we be yeah. reunited? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, yeah. So the the Spurs really need to kind of come together and say, "Hey, this is what we're doing," and and go for it. That that's why I like certain players. You, you mentioned John Collins, and 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 we've we've talked in the past about Laurie Markkinen. I think it's important for the Spurs to go back to their international roots and, and just kind of book in the conversation going back to the draft. That's like looking at a Josh Giddy or an Alperin Sengun. You know, these players I think are different because they treat this entire experience as a business trip. I don't think they care about LA or Miami right. or New York or Chicago. I mean, I think that there's a, a different mindset that these international players bring to the table. I think there's a maturity level. Um, I think that there is a pride factor that's a little bit different. And I think it's easier to keep them when their contract is up. Mm -hmm. And so not only do I think some of these players are are some of the best uh, talents out there that you could get at an 11 or 12, uh, 
Um, but I think they fit the mold of what the Spurs are missing because the Spurs have have missed that international flair because Tim, Tony, and Molly are not walking through that door again, man. Right. And yeah. and I I think the Spurs there's a there's a reason why those players worked well. And I, I think they're the international aspect of it all, or the U.S. Virgin Islands aspect of it all, had a lot to do with it. We're talking with Michael Jimenez. He is with ESPN San Antonio. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at 210. Uh, I always forget that one. What is it? Uh, 210 Fantasy God. That's right. Cannot forget right. the Fantasy God. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter. You, you, you look, we, we've been talking about the draft, kind of a draft primer here on Lockdown Spurs with you and it, it seems to me that not only is it a deep draft i think we all know that but this is a very important draft for the spurs future but whoever they pick michael this will be the final question before we put a wrap on this episode um is this a guy that's gonna have to not be stapled at the bench not see his entire rookie season with the g league is this a player that pop if he's still around and likely he probably will be He's going to have to say, you know, I can't do this anymore. Number 11 or number 12 pick, whoever you are, you're getting minutes right away. I would hope so, but we know that's not the Spurs way. And and that's extremely frustrating. You know, the, the reliance that the Spurs had on Patty Mills, although I love him, was was frustrating. And, and, and Rudy Gay towards the end of the season as well. Uh, I hope that they would play that, that they would play them. I would hope that they would give them at least 15 to 20 minutes a game, uh, especially if they are better than the people who are ahead of them in the, on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Spurs don't do that, man. I mean, uh, look at Devin Vassell. No one can tell me that Devin Vassell was not one of the six or seven best Spurs last year or this past season. No one can tell me that. Mm-hmm. He is super talented. And the Spurs, you know, stapled him to the bench, as you said. And it's frustrating. And I, oh, my God, can you imagine if the Spurs draft somebody and then stash him? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. There would right. be outrage within Spurs Twitter. <laughs> yeah. There'd be outrage. And, you know, so if you take a look at some of these players that are available in the draft, I mean, if the Spurs are going to go for uh, shooting for example, like like Franz Wag, uh, Wagner or Corey Kispert from Gonzaga, and and try to shore up the front court a little bit and try to, you know, try to basically open things up for Dejounte and Derek White. Mm-hmm. I can see why, but I I look at those players and I think to myself, well, yeah, Corey Kispert, you know, Franz Wagner, they're, they're going to have ten year careers in the NBA, but they're not going to be stars. I don't believe so anyway. They're going to be good. They're going to be really good players. They're going to be in the league for a long time and make a lot of money. And I think when you're sitting there at an an 11 or 12, you need to think, who has been drafted in this range? You know, Paul George was. Kawhi Mm -hmm. Leonard was. Right. You can get a franchise-saving, a franchise-altering player at at that number. And the Spurs targeted Kawhi that one year. And if they have, if they if they look at somebody, whether it's the three players I talked about today, whether it's Moses Moody mm-hmm. or, or Sengun or, or Giddy, or if it's somebody else and they think, yeah, that guy can take it to an all-star level, that's what the Spurs need to, need to look for. Who has all-star potential? I don't want a 3 and D guy. I, I don't want uh, somebody who clogs up the paint but can't, you know, but, but you know, is only going to average four points a game as a center. 
I, I don't want that. Right. But this is really a make or break off season for 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 the Spurs because mm-hmm. if it doesn't work this upcoming season, hate to say it, but you kind of have to blow it up. Ooh. And that is for an entire episode of Locked On Spurs. Um, Michael, you know, you, you go on the show uh, frequently now, um, giving us your uh, Spurs knowledge and that today the, the uh, draft knowledge. But if, who, who, who are you targeting? Who do you want to see wearing a silver and black uniform when it's all said and done? Oh, you're talking about free agency? Well, no, I'm talking about the draft. Like, I, you may uh, have draft. Earlier. Uh, I would say uh, Gideon Sengun. Those are the two that I really, right. really want. If the Spurs somehow magically get into the top four or top one, you know, you mm-hmm. have to take Cade Cunningham. He is the number one player in the draft. Uh, I know a lot of people are really excited about Scotty Barnes and and saying, yeah, you know, that from Florida State, uh, that he would be a good pickup. And a lot of mocks have him falling all the way down from, you know, where he was originally in the six range down to about twelve or thirteen. Uh, but man, I. I I don't want a glue guy who can't shoot. Oh, good Lord, no. You, you know, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't want that. Um, so, you know, you take a look at the top of the draft with, with Kaminga, and, 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 you know, we don't need any of the Jalens, okay? There's going to be three players named Jalen draft in the top 15. We don't need either of them, okay? They're good players. <laughs> don't need either of them. We don't need Jalen Green. We don't, you know, we don't need uh, Suggs, although I love Suggs. Uh, he, he's, he's fantastic. But, you know... I I think that the better way to answer this question is basically is basically going through the lottery in four weeks mm-hmm. and seeing where the Spurs are truly going to draft. Is it going to be eleven or twelve? Did we make our way up to the top four? Did right. we fall to thirteen? Uh, because that's very possible as well. Um, but man, uh, Kuminga is, is is one player we've talked about him already. That's yeah. one player that I've I've really really enjoyed yeah. watching. Uh, I don't want the Spurs reaching for a Kai Jones. Um, you know, these are players who are very raw in nature, are are are, and may very well have star potential, but they're too raw. You know, I don't want a player that the Spurs are going to have to develop for three years before they start sniffing the court. I don't want the next Luka yeah. Samanich. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing with the Spurs. You know, they don't want to fall behind the curve in the West, let alone the NBA, as far as playoff perennial playoff team. Look, they they missed the playoffs for the second consecutive time already. Um, they do, they got to stop that. And I, I get look the, the current crop; they're young and they're hungry. And you know, we saw Lonnie Walker; he took the loss hard uh, to Memphis. Vassell apparently said, uh, well, he said that he and Keldon had a talk. They say, nope, this is the last time the Spurs are missing the playoffs. So that's good. I'm glad. But it just feels this team is still missing something. DeMar is not the answer because this is who the team is with him. Um, now, granted, yeah, the, this this season was a roller coaster. You had DeMar dealing with issues, personal issues. You had the LMA issues. You had Derek White getting hurt. The, the just the, the, the coronavirus hitting them for a week. It was it was crazy. But nevertheless, you know they are what they are, and they were a 500 team, or in this case, below, below 500 team. I think there's still something missing, and I hope they can address it in the draft that's coming up. I know you'll be all over it as that day near, especially with the lottery and the coin flip. So make sure to follow Michael on Twitter at two ten Fantasy God right now. By the way, I gotta give I gotta tip my cap to you, man. You are losing some weight, buddy. I hear you're on this <laughs> uh, crazy uh, diet right now, running keto. Uh, kudos, man. Good for you. 
Hey, man, I turned 44 years old, man, and it's I, I did not like the fact that I was getting a little bit of issues. You know, I had uh, a kidney stone, and then I had a gallbladder issue, and then I was having a little bit of high blood pressure, probably from watching too many Spurs games. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just... I, I told my wife uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm, I'm done. You know, I, I, yeah. I want to feel better. I used to be very athletic and my wife, uh, you know, is very, she works out a lot. Uh, she's, but she, but you know, we like to snack and whatnot. And yeah. she just, we just looked at each other and said, you know what, let's do something about it. Good and uh, we have uh, we have friends who have done very well with keto diets mm-hmm. and, um, I look at it, and people will always say, well, that's hard to do because of all the food that you give up. But what I find interesting about it is is that if you change your mentality and focus on what you can eat, it's a lot easier to kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, swallow. Because, you know, there's a lot of foods in there that I absolutely love. I love grilled chicken. I love avocado. I love pork rinds. I love cheese. I love, you know, I'm not having to give up all of that stuff. And and I'm not calorie counting or anything like that. I'm, but uh, part of it is exercising, yeah. and and making that a priority in my life. And uh, so my wife and I are doing this, this 90 day challenge. And um, it was kind of it was kind of depressing. Earlier today, we got out the trash can, put it in the kitchen. We dumped all our alcohol in there except for like oh, one or two bottles. Oh no. Uh, that was us burning the boat saying we're not going back you're fully in now buddy you are in yep well good for you man i'm glad that you're taking that step um you know i'm i'm a, I'm a little older than you and uh, i've been noticing my my battle with the bulge is a little harder than it was in my college years and my even my 30s i remember my 30s oh my god i think my 30s is when i was really really peak shape i had found some pictures of me in the, my 30s i was like oh my god who is that that was me it was kind of reaction so i'm trying you know the pandemic didn't help as well i mean the pandemic really put some pounds on me and yeah it's a shame but uh if you want to uh, chat with michael and maybe get some keto tips from him and what to do <laughs> uh make sure to follow him on twitter at 210 fantasy god michael we were talking about it the whole show tell us about the sunday sports grill what what are you guys doing out there why how can fans tune in Okay, we're on from 11 to 1 on Sundays, ESPN San Antonio, 12.50 a.m., 94.5 FM. Uh, it's also fun for people to watch us on Facebook Live. Uh, they sometimes comment because uh, when we're on commercial break, we're talking to each other kind of just, you know, just off to the side. And, and for some reason, the mic is still on. <laughs> oh, and no. and pe- people respond back going, hey, your bike's hot, your bike's hot. And it's like, I, I don't <laughs> care. I'm, I'm not saying anything bad. But uh, it's a great show, man. We have so much fun with it. I mean, my co-host is Quinn Hudson, who's the reigning Rock the Mic champ. And he's a stand-up comedian. And, uh, you know, by trade, he does that. He has a show coming up this weekend that I'm excited for him about. I, I, I'm trying to check it out. Um, but the thing is, man, is is we talk a lot about sports, obviously, Spurs, mm-hmm. Cowboys. Uh, but we have so much fun talking about pop culture and movies. Uh, it, they forced me to watch movies I've never seen before. Last week, I saw uh, Indiana Jones for the first time ever. And uh, I give I give movie reviews 40 <laughs> years after the fact. And, uh, they, and, and, and I, they make fun of me about it. But for some reason growing up, I just wasn't yeah. into movies. But I love movies now. Good for you. It's, it's just, you know, yeah. I just basically missed out on the 80s and mid part of the 90s. All right. Well, um, tune in to uh, Michael's show uh, every Sunday 
And as for me, go check out Lockdown Spurs. Subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast, Odyssey app, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. I mean, seriously, pick a platform. You will find Locked on Spurs. And if you need your other sports fix outside of Spurs, then go check out Locked on today. It's all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. The latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to Locked on today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So for Michael He-Man Jimenez, that's what he is now, he's He-Man, <laughs> I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. 